the Arizona Coyotes won a game. We'll t- <laughs> we're going to have to break this one down because the Arizona Coyotes come came up with a surprising win over the St. Louis Blues. Probably one of the most complete games we'll see. We've seen so far all season long. Um, Carl and I want to break this down on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll see what we can get out of this one. On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes. I'm Robin Lino, Carl Pavlik, right beside me on this live post-game show. Arizona Coyotes defeat the St. Louis Blues 3-2. What a performance from the Arizona Coyotes! Um, couldn't I, I? Couldn't wouldn't say great great performance, but yeah. Uh, but still, for the Coyotes, on a Coyotes perspective, this is the most complete game, and probably, if I'm being if I'm being real here, the best we could probably see them play. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we're talking about the Coyotes, we are grading a, a bit of a curve, uh, but. Still a really good game by the Desert Dogs. I thought they played pretty well. Uh, there wasn't many issues that they seemed to have had. Um, like if this was a regular season and this was just a road game they played, I would have been extremely happy with it. So like even for a bad Coyotes team, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, and you know, I I, I was only able to listen to like the first half on the radio, um, but even then, like I was listening to it, like. You know, anytime the Coyotes went on the penalty kill or power play, I was, I was like, okay, something's bad's gonna happen here. But penalty kill did their job today. They did, uh, and the the team thankfully didn't take too many po- penalties either. They only had three. Um, it was it was really good to see. Uh, Scott Wedgwood definitely came up solid in both penalty kills. He had a really good game. Um, but yeah, it was. It was interesting to see the Coyotes, A, not take a bunch of penalties, uh, poorly timed penalties. They they did do some, um, quite a few, actually, or all three, I would say, were poorly timed. But it didn't come back to bite them, which is just kind of what we've seen. And they, they pretty much shut it down by the end, and they weren't just taking it in the final minutes, which shows a, a level of discipline. I, I think Turnier was really talking to him about it. Let's let's also mention too the goal scorers for this game. Now, um, when I first when I first recorded the now, I actually said it was Shane Gossespear who scored the game winning goal. That's yeah. actually been changed to Barrett Hayton. So Barrett Hayton, two goals tonight. So and so all three goals from the from the Coyotes tonight from the young players because Barrett Hayton, the latter two goals, the first goal from Kyle Capobianco. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> This is a performance I didn't expect to see. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of Roadrunners alum in the in the lineup, and it wasn't all that surprising that the the people generating the offense were with the Roadrunners. Uh, it was just a, a phenomenal game by Hayton. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good game by Capobianco. Um, like both of them really slid in, and you know, let's be honest, it, it was a pretty good. D- game by the other players as well. I didn't notice anything like significantly wrong in like Hudson's game or, or Cam Janine. 
um, I thought everyone really played well. And that's and, and you know this is what we wanted to see too. Obviously, you know you'd hope the Coyotes are playing a lot better, but everyone wants to see the Coyote, you know their their team play to a certain caliber. But this is what I can ask. Like this is the kind of play that I'm asking for. You know, like yeah. you don't have to. They don't have to play perfect. They don't have to play fantastic, but they're doing the right things for the talent that they have, and. Uh, finding out a way to beat one of the better teams in the National Hockey League? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I thought their penalties weren't the best timed. Uh, there was an early one. There was one like within two minutes of scoring a goal. And I think the other one was also um, right around then too. Yes, immediately after scoring a goal. So not the most well-timed penalties, but they only had three. Which is yeah, good. That's the most important part. They only have three because, like you were mentioning in the pregame show, that this team was very had a huge problem on taking way too many penalties. They're the most penalized team in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Not to mention, they also had the worst penalty kill in the National Hockey League. So to have neither of those things be a problem tonight, it just it just it's a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. It it was great that they didn't take like more penalties throughout because that's always kind of the concern that we have where the coyotes, they like, you know, they kill four penalties. And then in the fifth one that they give to the Chicago Blackhawks, they're able to score on it because yeah, you can't give a team five penalty or five power plays and expect them not to score on at least one. It's like flipping a coin and you keep getting heads and you're like, yeah, keep pushing my luck, double or nothing, and it works out poorly. So I thought that was really good. Uh, I said that the Coyotes would need to play near perfect, um, and I don't think that this was a, a perfect game. I think this was you know a lot of lapses, but it was a well done game, and they really you know I think the biggest thing was they got the goaltending to kind of bail them out from their mistakes because they made quite a few. And yeah, and let's talk about that. I think. Um, the Coyotes were finally smart in this case in the decision to start Scott Wedgwood, um, and it paid off because obviously he, you know, you know, he made the stops that were necessary, yeah. <laughs> and uh, overall, I mean, like, yeah, kept this one where it should have, like, where it should have been. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he made the saves that he needed to make. Uh, there was definitely a few, like, just really huge moments for him. Um, I, I also think the Coyotes, for the first time this season, got a fair amount of puck luck, too. Like, there was, at one point, like, just a shot that trickled wide, a uh, shot that went wide. Like, the Coyotes were getting good bounces, and they were just making their own luck by, like, stopping everything else that they needed to. Yeah, and um, and that's just you know one of the many factors of how this game was supposed to go. And it's funny because I think what think about this, you and I both thought this was going to be like a not a, a, a bad game. Like what, what what were our final scores? I think you said like five to two or something like that, and I said six I said, three. Yep, because they were both three, uh, five two six three, um, and up until the very last minute. I thought that things were still going to go catastrophically wrong because we have seen the coyotes collapse in a period against the blues and the blues came out and had a very like big third period. So like it could have easily gone a different way if not for the play of Scott Wedgwood and just a whole around like better defensive effort. 
I guess I should have should have um, taken into fact, even though I didn't want to take into that fact at the pregame show, that the Coyotes just happened to play good games against St. Louis. Obviously, earlier this year was a you know that second period um, was a um, was like a mirage, but an like, outlier, an outlier. Because like let's let's be real, this is the the, the last however like what nine games eight games like t- nine ten games these two teams the coyotes have been the better better team against them despite the blues being the better team yeah yeah and like i i know it's, it's easy to say like well that's completely different in those prior games they have a whole new coach whole new players um but like i think teams like remember that sort of thing and they and they kind of like Build that into their own mythology, especially the guys who were there last year, like Clayton Keller. Uh, he is all about beating the St. Louis Blues. Um, and they really did, you know, I think in their first game, outside of that second period, they played fine. Um, like, I thought the first and the third were were pretty okay. Um, it was just like a major collapse. So they really just did like a full 60-ish minutes effort for this one. Absolutely. What we're going to do, though, is we're going to talk more about this Coyotes win. Uh, we're going to probably go to into, into uh, just some of the stats to kind of see how uh, things go from there. Um, you know, break down how this game went. You know, how just about how even was this for the Arizona Coyotes? We're going to get to that all in just a sec. But first, I want to remind you guys that it is Thanksgiving time. And, you know, I absolutely love Thanksgiving. It's got, you know, all the delicious food out there that uh, I just love to stuff myself as I is we gain the hol- you know, that gain the holiday weight to try to lose it back. But maybe I don't want to gain that weight. Maybe I don't want to get so, you know, eat desserts that are so full of calories and sugar. Maybe it's time for me to eat snack on a belt bar instead, the new holiday dessert. I want to be able to feast on something delicious and feel good about it too. And that's where Bilt Bar comes in because, you know, you you know, a sli- one simple slice of pie might be about 300 calories or so on the low end. Bilt Bar is only 130 calories, four grams of sugar plenty of protein. So overall, low carb, low calorie, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. So it tastes delicious. They taste amazing, but they're also super healthy. That's what's amazing about it. It's a great option for if you're hungry and, you know, once again, if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a boat bar or two. There's going to be new surprises all month long. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So be sure to check the site often. There's going to be nothing like a built bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with lots of surprises. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, 15% off at built.com. Okay, so let's continue here on Locked on Coyotes. Once again, Robin Leonio, Carl Pavlik, as we discuss the Arizona Coyotes win over the St. Louis Blues. And I like to check natural stat trick, Carl, to kind of see, you know, where the how the game flow was, where how just about how even it was. Sure. So I'm looking at um, for example, a uh course a course both Corsi and uh and expected goals. Uh, Corsi was still, no matter what, just slightly in favor of the St. Louis Blues when looking at five, like uh, the stat that they call five-on-five score venue adjusted. Sure. Um, expected goals for the same stat actually in favor of the Arizona Coyotes. 1.49 expected goals for 1.1 for the St. Louis Blues. It's just so overall shows that this was an even game. 
Blues had better possession metrics, but the Coyotes had more expected. If you look at all situations, the Blues actually were expected to score more still. But sure. overall, Corsi, I think it's the first time where we see the team like 58.95% versus 41%. Um, these are much closer in matchups. Like, I did not expect this to see. Um, like, I didn't expect it. Well, uh, I haven't had a chance to check the uh, the numbers yet. I was actually just in the process of uh, writing the recap as we started recording. But I have to say that that plays pretty well with the eye test. When I was watching, like during the game, I was actually a bit surprised. I would have thought the Blues had uh, would have had a bit more expected goals than the Coyotes, just because there was a few moments where they really were getting close. Um, like I said, I think the Coyotes definitely got their share of puck luck. Uh, on this one, just kind of making sure that things went the wrong way. But yeah, this was a an, an, a solid matchup against a um, a very good team. Uh, admittedly, a team that's on a losing streak, but a good team nonetheless. Uh, it was it was cool to see the Coyotes actually like look like they were in the same league as another team. I know, right? I mean, because we're, we're, I think one of the weird things we're worried too about, you know, this team essentially, the Kaiju's team tonight essentially being the Tucson Roadrunners in overpaid contracts. Yeah. Um, but this time it looked like the, you know, and maybe it was because what we were saying before, that this team had something to prove, but they weren't just what we were saying, just an AHL team in overpaid contracts, but they actually were competing to be a National Hockey League team. And, that's what we saw. Um, obviously, <laughs> we're still talking about a team that's only won its second game. The Coyotes, obviously, you know, they still had a long way to go. But yeah. to beat the Blues. I mean, I, I think that, like we were talking about, everyone on this team has something to prove, especially the younger players. Um, but I think it's also, like I was mentioning uh, before, too, like road games you're able to kind of simplify things. You're not going too fancy with anything. And I think that more so than anything else, that's what we saw. We saw the Coyotes simplify their game, play just a really simple game. One that they could theoretically play any night of the week. Like if they could play like this against the blues, who's to say that they can't play like this against the Detroit Red Wings this weekend. Like nothing. I know. And that's the thing. It's like, is maybe we like because we're worried about you know the Coyotes coming you know coming away with not that not much not, not that not that much luck at all and some pretty bad performance heading into the end of November. This win against the Blues helps them like it gives them the confidence first first and foremost because that's what they went they were talking we're talking about confidence as a huge factor coming into this the end of this month. Not to mention um, because they have a tough thing coming up, so it gives a like, tough schedule coming up. This gives them some momentum, you know, yeah. a good win like this. Maybe they can carry that into Thursday's game against the Blue Jackets. And then Saturday's game when they uh, when they host the Red Wings um, and then the Kings. And we'll see more on and more on like things will get better. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely seems like uh, I think the Coyotes are just going to continue to improve. I think they're going to have a much better second half to the season than they had a first half. Like, don't get me wrong. They're not going to be competing for a playoff spot or anything no, like they that. they won't. But and they, uh, shouldn't. they shouldn't. Uh, but a, uh, a two, 
11 and one. Is that what the record is? Um, two like, 13 and one. Two 13 and one. Wow. Games are just blending together. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is not sustainable. That is like something that we're going to even out. And I think it's going to be the Coyotes, a, a combination of two things. I think they're just going to get better luck. I think they had horrible luck to start out the season. And I think they're going to slide into a system well. Uh, and they'll just kind of rely on that. And they'll have these kind of real simple games. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of 3-2 wins in their future. Uh, this me to make a good, I can make a good comparison right now of, the, of, of how I can see the Coyotes in the, like from first half to second half of a season of a recent team. Sure. The 2016-17, I believe... Uh, Colorado Avalanche. Remember that team was terrible. Like I think we were thinking whether or not that they were even gonna, you know, that they were gonna put on a good season at all in the first half. Like it was like, oh my god, this team is. Are they gonna compete for one of the worst te- for the one of the worst uh, seasons ever? And then they not not saying they bounced back because they were still the worst one of the worst teams in the league to finish off, but they managed to even themselves out to kind of look like an NHL team. Yeah. In the latter half. Yeah. Look respectable at least because, um, you know, ultimately all these athletes, they are at the very top of their craft. Um, They're in the NHL for a reason. Yeah. They're in the NHL for a reason. They're still in the NHL for a reason. Like um, if it got bad enough, I'm sure they would just retire or something. We've seen that happen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it, it, it'll definitely be interesting to watch. I think there's a lot that makes this team exciting. Uh, I think the younger players, hopefully they continue to have success um, that we saw in today's game. And also just, I'm really enjoying watching Goss Despair. Um, he's looked really good. He's been like he my gets bright point spot. In every game. <laughs> yeah. He's like offensively gifted. Uh, I feel he's like defensively responsible. Um, I also kind of like how uh, Tournier has been playing Keller on the penalty kill. Like, I think that's a just an interesting move that has been working surprisingly well. Okay, there's a stat for you that Luke Lipinski just posted um, that I find amusing because it actually goes with Shane Gossespair. Um, so it kind of goes ties in perfectly here. This is what he posted, and this just shows you how valuable Shane Gossespear has been to the Arizona Coyotes this season. He said that Shane Gossespear has been in on half the Coyotes' goals this season. Yep. That sounds absolutely right, because he is the point leader, and the Coyotes are getting no offense. Uh, Their point leader is from a defenseman. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Which is not unheard of for the Coyotes by any stretch. Um I remember when Oliver Ekman Larson was their goal leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I think that trade, like there was a lot of talk about like, is he due for a bounce back season? And I think he's getting like just the perfectly right opportunity um, to kind of show that, yeah, he is due for a bounce back season. Uh, he's not the number one guy by any means. Uh, I don't think he, like he's competing for the Norris, but he's been just a solid piece of the Coyotes defense and just a joy to watch. He has been a joy to watch. And, um, you know, I think the the Coyotes were definitely extremely smart in making that trade, especially since they didn't have to give really anything up. No, nothing. Got to spare. So like, not to mention they also be, <laughs> the Arizona even got an extra uh, draft pick out of that trade. So, 
you know, if he yeah. was pretty good, right? Not yeah. only you're getting a good performance out of him, but you gave up nothing and you got a draft pick. Like, okay. Yeah. And, and he is one of the few players that's uh, not immediately dropping off. I think, what? Because uh, pulling up their contracts real quick. I think he still has uh, – he's got one more year up afterwards. Yeah, he's got one more year at 4.5. So, like, we're going to get, like, another year of him if uh, the team doesn't decide to trade him, uh, if his value gets too much. But Oh, man. I I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I, Maybe not I, this season, though, at, no. at the very least. Well, I mean, depending on how things go, maybe the team's looking a little bit True. differently at the end of next season. And um, yeah, and resign him. Maybe he like wants to stick around with a team that helped revitalize his career at a discounted rate. That's a good point. That is a good yeah. point because you know sometimes that change of scenery, you're like, okay, this team might be struggling now, but you know because of how I fit with this team, I want to stay with them and help them rebuild because that's the kind of play. Like there are players that do that, and I like if there's like the players that do do that, I've got all the respect for. It. Like they're amazing. Yeah, and he's only 28, so he's not like over the hill uh he's right around the prime he's right around the prime i i think like if he feels like hey i'm comfortable with this team like i can finish my career well uh let's see what we can do like that's a that's an upside that you're getting pretty much only with shane goss to spare the other contracts the coyotes acquired are not that um but and that's what we expected right we expected that that because because of giving up nothing for all the all the other players that we got, it's like oh we're just we'll just take your cap space, yeah, um, and we'll just eat up the contracts. Just give us some draft picks in return. That's what everyone thought about Gossip Spear too. But at the same time, even you and I, when they first got him, you're just like this might be end up being more beneficial for the Coyotes in the end because yeah. every every because everything I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean it was definitely like low risk high reward because if like worst case scenario they were overpaying him for another year best case scenario he is the team's leading point scorer um which honestly if you had asked us like where the odds that shane gossespair would be leading the team in points um this many games in if i would have asked yeah if you asked that and the odds were and and the odds would have been super high um, there's no way I would have taken that bet. I'm just like, I'm just like, listen, I love Gossespierre. Like I've, lo- I, lo- I loved him when he was a flyer for a little while, and like I thought he played well. And I think he's gonna bounce back at the Coyotes, but that, mm, I don't know. So he has pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, there's few players I would think of above him, really. Like, uh, I would have probably like bet the field over him, but yeah, no, I it. It's an interesting player to kind of watch and develop. And I just hope it continues for the for the rest of the season. I hope this is just the tip of the iceberg for him. Absolutely. We still got more to get to on this show, though. What we're going to do is we're going to start looking ahead because the Coyotes have uh, a few more games. Uh, if we include Sunday, three more games this week. How does this win carry momentum potentially into the rest of this week? All that coming up in just a sec. But first, a quick word from Carl. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. 
BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so back here on Lockdown Coyotes, Robin, Leanna, Carl Pavlik. Um, the Coyotes now will have uh, three games coming up later this week, including Sunday. And um, now they're also done with the uh, a small portion of the. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, of a, of a central division road trip for Chicago, Nashville, and St. Louis. Now they come home. They'll host Columbus, Detroit, and then back on the road to face um, the Los Angeles Kings. So three more games coming up this week. How does this win, Carl? And I think we, we did mention it a little bit earlier, but how does this win affect these next three games? So I think the game that's going to have the biggest effect on is the upcoming game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Because if they had like lo- dropped all three on the road, that's going to kill confidence heading home. Mm-hmm. But now you're heading home with some momentum. You're feeling good about yourself. Like That's going to maybe take a little bit of pressure off tomorrow. Uh, and then I think that really helps them out on Thursday against the Blue Jackets. Absolutely. I think that's um, that's one of the most important parts. And that's what I talked about earlier in the show is that win really helped with confidence and momentum. And that's, the, you know, and confidence has been a major problem for this Coyotes. We we're talking about that in the pregame show. We we're talking about that all last week that when, if the Coyotes get the first the first goal against them, they kind of go into a shell and like with like what happened to this team? It looks like, they, you know, the competitiveness we saw the competitiveness we saw from like the previous game. Is gone. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's possible to carry that momentum, but they got to try. They got to try to carry as much momentum and take over some of the confidence from this last win in St. Louis to that to back at their home. Because again, now they're back at home. They got their home crowd ready to get to bring them on. That should be able to help them, maybe just enough to get a good start against Columbus. And I think that's the most important. As long as you start well against Columbus, then these next few games can look less tough than we anticipated before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, a, a big thing is, I think one of the reasons that the Coyotes won is because they had the, the confidence now. So I think it can easily carry over. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was great to see them like after a goal, send out the, the Hayton Galchenyuk Kessel line, um, which I think it's funny that, Galchenyuk and Kessel are on the same line. That's uh, just very rarely do you see two players who are traded for each other on the same line. Yeah, uh, but um, like they put them out after the the Blues' second goal, and they just kind of like pick things back up. Like it, it's great to see. I think the Coyotes like can go into Thursday's game being like, all right, this is how we win. This is how we know we can win. And if they can just replicate that. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they will too. And especially because the Columbus Blue Jackets have not had an easy last few games. 
I mean, they uh, just the other day they did beat the Red Wings five to three. They lost the Rangers five to three. They lost to the Capitals. They beat the Avalanche. So like they've won, and they also yeah they beat the Avalanche twice in a row actually. Um, but they so they've won some good games, but they've also lost others that they should have won. So. It's hard to really gauge what to expect from the this Columbus Blue Jackets team. Yeah, it is, and it's also kind of hard to to know how much stock to take into a the fourth loss that the St. Louis Blues have in a row. Um, like, how much of that is the Coyotes? How much of that was just them on like a losing streak dealing with issues? Um, like, I don't know, um, and I don't know, like what the blue jackets are going to be like on Thursday. All I know is the coyotes played a really solid game and they have the recipe for, I I don't want to say success, but uh, adequate play moving (laughs) forward for mediocrity. (laughs) Yes. They are working their way up to mediocrity, which is, uh, Perfectly understandable given the situation they were in to start. And you know what? Mediocrity is to to uh, to me for this season is yeah. good. <laughs> yes, it, it is good. Mediocrity is like the gold standard of what we should expect. Uh, and also, just since we are talking about players, the mediocrity of an NHL player is still one of the best at what they're doing of anything yeah. uh i wish i was media mediocre at podcasting professionally the same way an nhl player is mediocre at hockey hey we get paid pretty well come on don't put, <laughs> don't put yourself down we do we're not multi-billionaires though no <laughs> i mean you're not gonna get that you're not gonna get that get that that much out of, out of a podcast but still i mean yeah yeah you can still take no, your, hang I, your hat on that oh but yeah no it's fine. I'm just saying, like, they are at the very top levels of what they're doing. And if you're mediocre at the top, you're, like, still the top. True. You got, uh, okay, yeah. Fair point. Yeah. I, I always want to bring that up because because uh, we are talking about real people. And I feel like we're getting a lot more reminders of that this season. Um, and especially for a tank team like the Coyotes, like, I don't want to be diminishing the, the efforts of the athletes who are Again, I thought it looked really good today. Again, yeah, I, I and I do too, and I really hope that they can carry this momentum to at least get a couple more wins, um, to look a little bit better than, because the loss against um against Chicago last week really kind of really disappointed me, kind of made me feel down. So, yeah. um, you know, getting a couple wins this win already sort of make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, but. And, and- and if you're worried about the standings, the the Cavs are still very far in the basement, so they can afford to win a couple games. Don't exactly. don't get too upset. And again, it's an 82 game season, so like, there's a lot of things that can happen. And let's also be real. Another thing too is, um, even if like like they don't have to be the bottom team in uh, to win the first race in the lottery. That's yeah. the that's the reason why it's lottery. I mean, obviously, if you're the bottom team, you have the highest chance. But you, no matter what, you still have a, like as long as the Coyotes stayed around where they should be, they still got a high chance of that number one. Yeah, I, I don't think the team should be actively pursuing being the bottom team. No, the they shouldn't. That's the thing. They should compete their heart out every game. Yeah. They should do what they can 
it's the it's the organization as a whole, the team that's like that put together a team that doesn't have a lot enough talent to pretty much say, all right, you're they're gonna be in the bottom. But yeah. what I like, what I want to see from this team is that they do compete their heart out. Yeah, I want to see the team competing, and I want to see growth amongst the younger players, like we saw tonight. Exactly. Again, phenomenal performance from Barrett Hayton. Phenomenal form performance from Kyle Capobianco. Um, you know, we're <laughs> and we're going to see still more from the young guys. Yep. Anyways, that is just about it. We're out of time for this episode of Lockdown Kyrus. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe. Especially uh, for those who are watching via the our live channel on either Facebook or YouTube. Um, so once again, you can go to YouTube, um, our YouTube page, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes. Um, don't forget also to uh, like us or follow us on Twitter and interact with us. We are at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leano. That is Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlik is at Carl Pavlik FFH. Ask us any questions you might have. We might answer them right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Once again, that is it for us today. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget, the hell on.